There's a conspiracy afoot that's pulling the world into darkness. Information is the new battlefield. Propaganda, disinformation, and media manipulation dominate the minds of the public. Join us on the Dark to Light Show as we remove the head of the snake and expose media censorship, social and cultural engineering, and the unfolding global conspiracy of the New World Order. All right, welcome back to the Dr. Light Show. My name is Josh here with Jim Price. Jim, how are you doing today? Doing good, doing good, man. Hey, um, I know that we've got, uh, it's Halloween, right? Which is uh, All Hallows Eve. Are you going to, do you want to talk about that today or we got news to do today? Well, there's a little bit of everything to do today. Uh, what yeah. did you want to talk about with All Hallows Eve? Uh, all Hallows Eve. I don't know. I don't have a dog in the fight. I know a lot of this has to do tra- with tradition and we, we all get on a bandwagon one way or the other. Uh, about Halloween, but then we turn around and and sa- celebrate Santa Claus or Santa Claus or uh, the other evil demon uh, at Christmas time during the winter solstice. So I really wonder why we have this um, hypocrisy emotion where we contradict ourselves constantly over these international national holidays. Then we tie them into religions, and then we all go, "Well, but you're not religious enough." And I don't. Anyway, they're, they're, it just it's just a sad a sad state to see that we're in this constant fight over. Things that we have traditionalized and more commercialized than anything. I really, I mean, Halloween is what the third uh, most money spent, or something like that, in in holidays or something. It's the candy, Jim. It's the ah, candy that got me on the sugar. Um. So, well, you know, yeah, that's Halloween. Thing. Halloween. I mean, it, it's uh, All Hallows Eve, All Saints Eve is mm-hmm. kind of the Christianized version of it, right? Um, and the Christianized version was really meant to uh, take over. The pagan version, which would have been uh, Celtic in tradition or Gaelic, uh, Gaelic or Druidic, if you want to call it that. And that's Samhain. That's the name of that holiday. Um, And and Samhain is um, it it marks the the end of the harvest season. So this is why it ends with the harvest moon. It's the um, usually it typically happens on the harvest moon. Right. Right. Um, but it also represents the darker half of the year, the starting of the days getting shorter, right? Moving into a few other holidays, including Yule, which would be the next uh, celebration after that. Which was Yule is celebrated with the Sky Rider, Odin the Sky Rider. Um, this is where you get Santa Claus and his sleigh is from Odin the Sky Rider, um, which would uh, basically revitalize and renew the earth to bring about the agricultural season of the next year with the renewing of the sun on December 25th. Uh, But this holiday particularly, uh, what they would do is they represent the dying. And so this is the important aspect of it is that the days are getting uh, shorter. So the sun is actually doing something um, within the sky, if you pay attention to it, mm-hmm. you notice the sun actually starts to rise in the southeast uh, and set in the southwest, which means that it's taking a uh, a longer or sorry a shorter trek over the sky. So that makes the days shorter. Right. Um, and there's something in astrotheology, and this is the basis of a lot of occult and esoteric philosophy and religion of how the sun transits around the sky and there's nothing occult or esoteric about it it's really um it's observational right. and if you if you took the sun every day jim 
and you went out at noon and you went to your window and you put a dot at noon every day in the sky of where the sun is at on your window. What you had noticed throughout the year is that the sun moves and at at that point in the sky at noon and that it forms a figure eight shape called an uh, analemma. All right? right. Now the analemma figure eight is the top of the eight is the summer solstice. The bottom of the eight is the autumn solstice and the middle where they both intersect is the equinoxes, the vernal equinox and the spring equinox. Right. Uh, sorry, winter solstice. I said autumn solstice, uh, winter solstice term. And so what's actually happening is starting on December 25th, the sun increases one degree each day in the sky from that low point. And it does this throughout the entire year up until about June 21st. Right. And June 21st, it hits that apex, that top, and starts to come down. And then what it does is right after the vernal equinox, that is the fall equinox, it crosses that center point and begins its southeast to southwest transit, which is the shortest uh, time of the year and the the, uh, the shortest transit that the earth takes. And there's reasons for this astrologically. And I'll, I'll talk about that in a second. Mm-hmm. But uh, the astrological context is uh, you have something known as perigee and aphigee. And these are representative of the earth's closest and furthest approach to the sun in its orbit. Remember, we don't have a complete circular orbit. We have an elliptical orbit. Right. And so actually what's happening in summer we're the furthest away from the sun, but the angle, the 23.5 degree angle, mm-hmm. um, has more light shone on the northern hemisphere. In right. the winter, we're actually closer to the sun, but that 23.5 degree angle actually gives us less light. Uh-huh. But what happens is, is that with an oval, you have these odd shapes of kind of like turning the corner, right? Yeah. And so that happens at um, apogee and perigee. Um, sorry, aphelion and perihelion. Right. And so the sun kind of does, or the earth kind of does this transition during aphelion and perihelion. In the summertime, it takes three days after that apex to actually start decreasing one degree every day, which is kind of interesting. Um, On the winter solstice, the sun takes three days to actually start increasing one degree every day. And by the way, the word solstice means to stand still. Mm-hmm. And so in various esoteric traditions, this is the story that they told, is that the sun is born, it rises up to the height of its glory at 33 years, and then he begins his ministry, and then he begins to fall to where he dies on the cross because in December, on December 21st, the sun sets in the southern hemisphere on the southern cross, on the, on the crux, the constellation of crux. Mm-hmm. And then he dies and three days later he's resurrected. And that resurrected is on December 25th. And that is the representation of the sun increasing one degree every day again. And this happens up until spring and what happens actually before spring is the sun goes for this 40 day and 40 night dance with the planet saturn uh saturn in the sky every morning at sunrise and so saturn actually rises before the sun every morning for 40 days and 40 nights until the sun crosses over the tropical capricorn and then venus 
begins to rise with the sun, and su- the sun takes over Saturn, basically just Saturn's moving in its orbit. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is kind of where you get a lot of theological traditions and stories of this, the um, God fought the devil for thir- 40 days and 40 nights in the desert is representative of Saturn being L or the, the, the Satan evil God in this perspective and the sun mm-hmm. being uh, the, the, the big God and the fight and the battle that overcomes. And then the rebirth of nature, which is Venus rising up in spring after the crossing over of the Tropic of Capricorn. And so the holiday Yule is actually represented in this. But if you go back to that same story, when the sun begins to decline on the vernal equinox, right. it decreases one degree every day. This is why it gets darker and darker and darker up to December 25th. Um, this is representative of death, a death of nature. <clears throat> and so the ancient Druids would utilize this time to remember all of those who had passed and all of those who had came before and to uh, immortalize the death of all all their ancestors. And it was believed that Odin would carry the souls back during that time to talk and communicate with the people to give them their blessings. And this is just folklore and tradition. But this is where the derivation of Halloween came from. This is what we're actually selling. And this was Christianized after uh, the the Council of Nicaea, 325 AD, Emperor Constantine, Nicaea, all this stuff. Uh, Mm -hmm. This was basically transitioned into uh, a Christian holiday known as All Saints Day, where they give uh, praise and glory to all the saints and all the uh all the the dead yeah. uh, the martyrs pretty interesting story huh no absolutely it is and this is the stuff that we we've normalized right we've brought into our our regular day and we don't realize that this is what we've done we've allowed ourselves to fall for a lot of these things and we get we get emotionally charged over things that are part of actually the planting and harvest of seasons and then that of putting things up i mean this gives you time to say oh you know, hey, let's put the last of the tomatoes up. Let's get our potatoes out of the ground. Let's get the carrots in. Let's get you know wheat in, and that way we have a a, a, you know, a summer harvest next year. And so much of this is tied to that. But then the commercialization of what we've actually experienced is really why Santa Claus is going to red suit and white cuffs, not because that's the original depiction of him, but because Coca Cola made him very famous. So that was it had nothing to do with just like the Viking horns on. Everybody thinks that Vikings had horns on their ha- helmets, but actually, in reality, that was brought on by a opera where the sta- the actor, the director, the costume director, put horns on this helmet uh, on an on an opera. It had nothing to do with actual. Yeah, it was history. to make it more sensationalized. Um, yeah. And you're right. the The colors of Christmas. Well, the colors of Christmas come from a few derivations. Coca Cola Company started in 1868, or sorry, 1898. Right. But there's there's a few different traditions of where Christmas comes from. It's actually a conglomeration. Um, It's interesting because uh, the Puritans actually outlawed Christmas throughout the 13 colonies Mm -hmm. uh, originally in the United States. Um, And you know that famous picture of Washington crossing the Delaware on Christmas Eve? Right, right. They didn't celebrate Christmas. Yep. (laughs) They they didn't celebrate Christmas back then, guys. Yeah. They like, were going like, to war. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, it, not even that. Is Christmas wasn't a holiday holiday right. back then. Yeah. Um, and so it wasn't Christmas Eve for Washington and them, but just, just us another now. another day. Kind of interesting. 
We'll be right back with more Dark Delight Show right to this. Dark Delight on the WYSL stations. Right. That's it. So, yeah. You know the the esoteric and occult origin of holidays. I, I this is one of my favorite topics. We every year on the conversations on the fringe, which we do on redpills.tv, um, we discuss uh, this the the crazy origins of Christmas or Halloween. So I urge everybody out there, if you're listening, uh, write down that website redpills.tv. Um, because we got a plethora of information on there. We got a new media platform launching soon, and hopefully we'll get that uh, information out to you guys. Um, But with Christmas, I mean, there's a conglomeration of different stories, but one of the most profound ones that has relevance today to the Christmas tradition comes from um, Siberian shamans. Mm -hmm. You ever heard this one, Siberian shamans, what they used to do? I, this is one of my favorite parts of it. I think it's the yeah. part where we miss so much of what we could really be because of we've uh, demonized all the wrong things about our society and our life around us. So That's yeah. right. Well, you know, Siberian shamans, to celebrate the rebirth of the sun on December 25th is what they were celebrating, the winter solstice. They would have uh, great celebrations, and one of the celebrations they would do um, is in the fall time frame, you had the Amanita muscarella mushroom. This is mm-hmm. a red mushroom with the white spots on it that would go into full bloom underneath the evergreen tree. And right. the shamans looked at this as a gift from God, also representing uh, the harvest that is coming and the winter that is coming. Um, and so they would harvest all of these Amanita muscarella mushrooms. They would dry them out. And the way they dried them out is they would put them in socks and hang them over the chimneys. Uh, hang them, sorry, hang them over the mantle of right. the fireplaces. Okay? So yeah. right there. And by the way, when you hang a wet mushroom in a white sock over your fireplace and it begins to dry out, a lot of that color runs off into the sock and gives you a red sock. Bingo. So there you go, stockings. Yep. Hang hung on the mantle. Hung on this chimney, but with yep. care, right? And so what they would do then is the shamans would dress up as the mushroom. And so they would dress up in red coats and red hats with white spots on them. Nice. Hi, Santa Claus. Hello. And uh, then they would feed the mushrooms because the the Amanita muscarella mushrooms are incredibly pungent. Um, They don't taste very well and they will actually make you sick. Uh, The uh, I forgot the name of it's not a psilocybin, but it's another type of ingredient in them. Um, And it doesn't react very well to your body. And so what they would do is they would feed them to the various different types of reindeer species mm-hmm. in Siberia. And then the, they would follow them around and collect the urine of the deer. Now, the deer would eat the mushroom and become intoxicated, start tripping. Right. And the deer would begin frolicking and uh, trampling around as if they were flying. Oh, well, that not that interesting? Flying Ta-da. deer. <laughs> and then what they would do is they would have a ceremony on the winter solstice, and they would drink the urine for three days. And within that, they would give out gifts to each of the houses. Right. And so they would go around and they would deliver gifts on the front doorstep of all the houses. 
Um, and that was representative of the revitalization, the renewal of nature that was about to come. Yeah. And that's where modern day Christmas actually derives from. Yeah, and it's just all stuff that we've uh, we've manipulated, and and especially with commercialization, that's really taken us on a wild ride where we weren't before, right? So a lot of that stuff was tradition, passed down from grandmas and grandpas, and and generational stories in the in the villages. But when commercialization became, you know, we standardized one thing. We standardized this this guy in the Santa Claus suit, and and uh, we all ran to this with because it was it was showed to us over and over and over again. But if you go back to some of the old Christmas cards of the 1800s and early 1900s, it shows that the red cap mushroom. It shows a completely mm-hmm. different depiction of uh, Christmas with elves and fairies, and it had a completely different meaning than what we actually do now. And it wasn't really Christmas; it was actually more of a winter festival. It had nothing right. to do with the commercialization of Christmas the way we do now. That's right. Now, another iconic holiday symbol uh-huh. is the jack-o'-lantern. Do you oh. know this story? Oh, yeah, I know this. So go ahead. Do it. Stingy, Stingy Jack. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so Stingy Jack, also known as the jack-o'-lantern. This was uh, an 1836 edition of the Dublin Penny Journal. Um, has Jack help an old man who is revealed to be an angel. Mm-hmm. To reward him, the angel grants Jack three wishes. He uses these to punish anyone who sits in his chair, takes wood from his tree, or tries to take his cobbling tools by fixing them to the ground. The angel is disappointed by this and bars Jack from entering heaven. Jack Mm. manages to deflect Satan's messengers who attempt to trick him, and he is condemned to roam the world, neither heaven nor earth. Uh, So the story goes several... Centuries ago in Ireland, there lived a drunkard known as Stingy Jack. He was known throughout the land as a deceiver or manipulator. On a fateful night, Satan overheard the tale of Jack's evil deeds in Silver Tongue. Unconvinced and evidence of the rumors, the devil went in to find out for himself whether or not Jack lived up to his vile reputation. Mm. Typical of Jack, he was drunk and wandering through the countryside at night when he came upon a body of his cobblestone path. The body, with an eerie grimace in his face, turned out to be the devil himself. Jack realized that this was the end. Satan had finally come to collect his malevolent soul. So Jack made one last request. He asked the devil to let him drink ale before he departed to hell. Finding no reason not to acquiesce the request, Satan took Jack to the local pub and supplied him with many alcoholic beverages. Upon quenching his thirst, Jack asked Satan to pay the tab for the ale. Much to his surprise, because he didn't carry any money, um, Jack convinced him to turn himself into a silver coin with which to pay the bartender and change back when he's not looking. Satan did so, impressed upon Jack's unyielding nefarious tactics. Shrewdly, Jack struck the now transfigured Satan coin into his pocket, which also contained a crucifix. The crucifix's presence kept the devil from escaping his form. This coerced Satan to agree to Jack's demands. In exchange for his freedom, he had to spare Jack's soul for ten years. Mm. Ten years after the Jake Jack originally struck his deal. He naturally found himself once again in the devil's presence. Jack happened upon Satan in the same setting as before and seemingly accepted it. Was his time to go to hell for good. As Satan prepared to take him to hell, Jack asked if he could have one apple to feed his starving belly. Foolishly, Satan once again agreed to this request. As he climbed up the branches of a nearby apple tree, Jack surrounded the base with crucifixes. Satan, frustrated at the fact that he had been entrapped again, demanded his release. Mm. 
As Jack did before, he made a second demand that he'll never take his soul to hell. Having no choice, the devil agreed and was set free. Eventually, eventually, the drinking took his toll on Jack and he died. Mm. Stingy Jack's soul prepared to enter heaven through the gates of St. Peter, but was stopped. Jack was told by God that because of his sinful lifestyle and deceitfulness and drinking, he was not allowed to enter into heaven. Jack then went down to the gates of hell and begged admission into the underworld. Satan, fulfilling his obligation to Jack, would not take his soul. He gave Jack an ember to light his way. Jack was doomed to roam the world between the plains of good and evil with only an ember inside his hollowed turnip. Mm. To light his way. And this was symbolized by the candle being placed inside the pumpkin. Yep. The gourd. Yeah. The gourd. No. And that's uh, that's where all that came from. But that's, again, we don't think of it in that way, right? We always talk about the, the these different origins. And a lot of it is what? Wives' tales. We, we listen to things passed on down from year to year. And that's how we get so far away from a lot of the original, you know, sources of the information because we don't realize what it's really about and the tradition of things. It's a it's a sad deal that we don't pay attention to what the real meaning of things are. But no, it's a cool story. I mean, it's uh, it's good stuff, and it goes along with even the the Russian version of Santa Claus and other things like that. That I mean, all these things tie into each other, folks. So don't go thinking it's like, oh, this is just a wives' tale that all oh, this one off stuff. This is how we got to where we are now. This is how we did this, and uh, this is a, an, essential, an essential part of that. Um, anyway, so we do – I want to come back. I want to talk about – you want to talk about politics when we get back? Or you want to well, you know what I was looking at? I was going to say, man, this is some important stuff that people need to know as we get ready for World War III. It's the tradition of our holidays. That's true. <laughs> we'll be right back with more Dark Delight stories for this. Dark Delight on the WYSL stations. All right, back to the Dr. Light Show. You know, Jim, is Jim there? Oh, looks like we lost Jim. Oh, no worries. It, it, it appears that holidays, which uh, derives from the etymological term of holy days, the days that uh, were whole within God, is that uh, holidays are important to us human beings. Mm-hmm. What we a lot of people don't realize, at least with uh, you know Christmas and New Year's and Halloween and all these things, is that these are actual rituals. This is actually what's going on. Is Halloween isn't a holiday; it's a ritual. The word holiday replaces the word ritual. The, these rituals have been going on for millennia. Now. There's one holiday in particular that has not been going on for millennia. It actually got changed. Right. Do you know which one that is, Jim? What's that? New Year's Day. Oh, really? Did, did you know that New Year's Day is not actually January 1st? Well, according to the original regular calendar, yeah, I do understand that, but go ahead. Yeah, it, it's actually April 1st, right? And this is why you went into the Ides of March uh, coming into the end of the year. And uh, April Fool's Day derives from fooling everybody, the differences between the Gregorian and the Julian calendar. Um, the moving off and away from the 13-month year or the 28-day months that was uh, a reminiscent of the moon cycles that uh, many pagan cultures 
uh, had organized around. And they changed New Year's Day, the trick and the fool you, away from the natural circadian cycles that occur on this planet. And if you don't believe me that there was once 13 months, we are now at the last day of October. Now, the first three letters of October is O-C-T. Before that is September. And after, we got Nov, and then we got Dec. Sept, Oct, Nov, and Dec. um, Well, that's 7, 8, 9, and 10. Mm -hmm. And uh, December is the 12th month, not the 10th month. Um, hmm. Got a problem here, Houston. Seven is the ninth month. Sept, sept is seven, but that's the ninth month. Right. So it's like we're missing two months after uh, January and February. Right. And that's where this really comes into play is that there was two months or sorry, one month pulled out. Sorry, one month pulled out of the calendar. And a lot of the months were renamed. Um Kind of interesting in context, isn't it, Jim? Well, absolutely. I mean, again, it's uh, we talk about how we don't want to fall subject to their evil ways, but what are we all racing right to? <laughs> their evil ways. <laughs> well, that's right. I mean, we, we, we conform to the system that's placed around us. Mm-hmm. And I think that that is the most important thing to realize from this episode of Dark Delight that we're talking about today is that – Your environment, the things around you, your external reality dominates and dictates who and what you become and what you do if you allow it to. If you acquiesce your mental powers that God granted upon you, if you Mm -hmm. acquiesce those powers to the external world, you will fall victim to the manipulation of the deceivers. Yeah. And you become a tool. (laughs) Oh, sorry. That's right. You become a tool for them. Yeah. And, you know, just like a a few weeks ago, a good friend of mine, Game Tech, who is highly connected in military intelligence, uh, civilian intelligence around the world, and he's been uh, spot on correct about a whole bunch of different things. Two weeks ago, he said that uh, U.S. military veterans will be weaponized against uh, the people and become active shooters shooting up uh, mass shootings to basically help facilitate the taking away of guns Mm -hmm. just last week we had the main shooter that was a army veteran who was a um marchman teacher right uh this man um who knows what made him flip we know that he said that he was hearing voices we talked about this last week most likely probably from his phone or from uh directed acoustic waves that can be targeted people in various different ways um just yesterday we had a 20 year old kid in colorado um that off himself apparently before he had a chance to uh, produce any damage he had improvised explosive devices on his person he had uh, an ar-15 a semi-automatic pistol tons of rounds of ammunition he was at a theme park in glenwood colorado right i don't know if he was a military veteran but it's probably going to sound like he was And by the way, I I wanted to talk on that just a quick second. Um, They say that he shot and killed himself. So, you know, he caught himself before he did an atrocity. Um, I I think that it was probably something else. I think that I I lived in Colorado. 
the sentiment in Colorado with uh, stopping somebody with your firearm, it can go either way. It can put you away for the rest of your life or you can become a martyr or a hero. Right. As well is imagine what would happen if you were carrying a firearm. You saw this kid getting ready to raise hell. Right. And you're a felon, but you're carrying a pistol. Right. And you have the opportunity to stop him. So what do you do? You do exactly that. You stop him. Right. And then you leave the scene as fast as possible. <laughs> Get out of there. Exactly. I think that's what they're going to find out about this situation is that um, someone stopped this guy from doing this. But they'll never release that because that's pro-Second Amendment, Jim. Right. Right. That shows that it actually works. It's not something that is just for destroying animals. Did you see Bayhart on her whole thing of when you shoot an animal with an AR, it destroys the meat? Uh, on her little show the other day, that oh was my just, god, it's the worst. It's the worst. She just looks like such an idiot. She's like, well, when you shoot it with an AR, you destroy the meat, and it's un- you can't eat it anymore. Everybody knows that. I'm like, I, nobody I, knows I, that. <laughs> I, I don't think I'm going hunting with my uh, my two two three. I got to use a thirty caliber usually for the game that I hunt. Um, if I'm gonna shoot coyotes in the backyard, I guess maybe yeah, but yeah. I'm not gonna eat them. Right. Um, <laughs> just is, yeah. these people, man. Right? You know they they talk about topics that they have no uh, no ability to talk upon, and right, they don't yeah. care to bring in the experts. No, absolutely. The sad part of it is, is that it only takes about a person about a minute to go to a firing range and actually fire a gun and realize that everything that they have feared or loathed or talked against really just walks right out the door because they suddenly find out that everything that. You know, they think uh, that's real about gun ownership is absolutely false. It's not real at all. And so we've got to, you know, that that's it's a lot of this is education, right? You know, it's not, not I don't, uh, you know, I don't pretend to, to know what is going on in everybody's mind. But at the same time, just the lack of their willingness to even participate in knowing what's really going on really shows that this is not about it's not about you know, safety and any of that stuff. It's about control. They have to control us, and this is a better way to do it. If they can control us this way, then they would. They, we never have to, you know, if they control us like this, then they don't have to put up a much of a fight in the future. And that's really the sad right. part of it. Well, and that's one of the main reasons why they control the healthcare system, why they control allopathic medicine and doctors through mm-hmm. various organizations, and why they own the pharmaceutical companies and pump drugs into the system. You know, I had uh, um, Kirk and uh, Christina on last night, mm-hmm. my show for the first 30 minutes. I, I highly recommend um, if you're anybody out there that has. Um, you know, any type of immune illness, cancer, anything like that, you should go watch the first 30 minutes of my Daily Dose episode last night. You can find it on Red Pills TV. Uh, you mm-hmm. can find the links for it on redpills.tv. Go to our Rumble channel. Um, but it's highly informative. And one of the things that we talk about is this uh, the, the, the special derivation of turkey tail mushrooms that they sell, and they're mm-hmm. fabulous. Um, they tell a few different stories of friends they had that utilized these that became um, um, cancer-free. Uh, right. One of our friends came cancer-free from utiliz- utilizing this. Um, they also have uh, pet products, and it's actually how it got started was with pets. So the, the store is a, a pet store, but it has all various different types of foods and products for pets. And one of their family uh, family friends 
had a dog that was 16 years of age and they were about to put her down. And uh, he called her up and was like, hey, hold on. Before you do that, let's t- I want to test something out. And within three days, the dog who had uh, um, this illness where they had to carry her outside, she couldn't pee, couldn't stand on her own paws because the pain was so unbearable. Within three days, she was jumping back on the couch and lived for another four years. Wow. And actually ended up dying in an accident. Hmm. Um, and so th- this stuff really does work. And, and if anybody's interested in just checking out the product, um, get, get a pen and paper. I'm going to give you two web, web links to go to. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the, each link will take you to both of them, but one is direct to the product I'm talking about, and then the other takes you to the kind of all the pet products. You can find it on the menu. But uh, if you got a pen and paper, it's, it's redpills.tv slash mushroom, R-E-D. P-I-L-L-S dot TV slash mushroom, mushroom. Or you can go to redpills.tv slash pets, P-E-T-S, redpills.tv slash pets. Both of those will take you to that product. Uh, The one mushroom link will take you to the mushroom product that we're talking about specifically, but all their products are high quality and exactly like that. So check that out. If you want to check out that episode, go to uh, redpills.tv slash rumble. You can find our rumble channel there. And uh, do subscribe, please, and and also go check out last night's episode, at least the first 30 minutes. If you want more of a political rant and uh, against World War III and all that stuff, you can watch the rest of the show because that's typically what I talk about on that show because the world is coming to a transition point. You know, Jim, I was in the grocery store uh, before mm-hmm. the show today, right. and I had a little bit of time to kill, and I was going to pick up some things for dinner tonight. And uh, I went to go get some jam, some some strawberry jam. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was blown away. I, I, I picked it up and I looked on the back and it was all high fructose corn syrup. I'm like, Wait, what? Like, this is strawberry jam. Like, this is like one of the easiest things to make in the world. Oh, yeah. Why are they producing this with high fructose? Every single brand they had. Yeah. And, and then I started like looking at all the other products and I, I just couldn't believe the ingredients that were in a lot of these food products. I was absolutely appalled. And I'm like, this is ridiculous. I mean, yeah. what is wrong with this world? Like, is it so hard to make something real that you have to make it fake? I mean, it's it doesn't exactly it doesn't make sense to me. You work your tail off to chemically make or alter or put combinations of a chemical so that doesn't kill me, but it tastes like what it is you're trying to make. But yet, you can't just make it out of plums or strawberries or cherries or any of that. I. It is absolutely uh, – it floors me. And the stuff that we allow in our food is ridiculous. Absolutely. It, it absolutely is. And, I mean, I'm sitting here going like, you know, sugar is not the worst of our concerns. And, and look, yes, concentrated sugar is absolutely a poison, but so mm-hmm. is alcohol and a lot of other things. If right. you use it in moderation, it, it's not that bad for you. What is bad for you is uh, high fructose corn syrup. High fructose corn syrup is absolutely horrible for you. Yeah. Number one is like, you know, you you got genetically modified corn out there. I think it's eighty five percent of the corn that's out there in production right now is genetically modified. Right. Um, if it's not genetically modified, it's it's a ready Roundup, right? Right. Roundup ready, yeah. And so people don't put two and two together. Like they'll go to the store and they'll be like, "I ain't buying that canned corn. That's some GMO stuff." But then they'll go buy the food products with modified cornstarch. They'll go buy the products with high fructose corn syrup. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. And it's like, do you not understand where those things come from? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. No, imagine that. We just, we, we really don't. So uh, we get back for the commercial break. We'll make sure we uh, bring up the last of this because this is a part where we don't pay attention to the world around us. And this is how they victimize us. They've got us busy on the hamster wheel of debt, worrying about war, worrying about whether we should like Hamas or Palestine yeah. or Israel. It's got up off, off balance. So we'll be right back here in a couple of minutes. Dark Delight on the WYSL stations. All right. Yeah. Jim Price. Yes, sir. What is it you wanted to talk about? Uh, I just want to go over that one thing about uh, we got the politics of things going on, right? The whole all the drama and things of that nature. I just want to give you guys an update really quick. Democrats established Republicans are being relentless in their pursuit to keep President Trump off the 2024 election. They are trying in New Hampshire and they are, and they are trying in Arizona. They are trying in Minnesota. They have failed in Florida. The U.S. Supreme Court has rejected a ballot access case that failed Texas in Texas. But currently in Colorado is holding a hearing that aims to remove President Trump from the ballot, as pointed out by Mike Davis, an Article 3 project. Uh, a Colorado ju- district judge in this case, Judge Sarah Wallace, has previously donated the uh, Colorado Turnout Project, amongst other Act Blue donations. What's going on in Colorado right now, guys? We are in day two of a trial. Look it up. Um, this is a real problem for you guys. If you guys think that nothing's happening while Israel is doing whatever it's doing, and here in America we're just, you know, the potato in chief is talking about his new nuclear weapon that somehow he, <laughs> like, like, he took credit for. I don't know what that's about, but the thing is, is that the the push on uh, Trump not being on the ballot. This is not an ending ballot, uh, ending uh, fight. This is still continuing on. Uh, like I said, there's a battle in New Hampshire, Arizona, Minnesota. And now in Colorado, it's in the middle of a trial. Uh, Judge Wallace uh, was appointed by the Colorado Governor Jared Polis, 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 P-O-L-I-S. Polis, Polis. Yeah, Polis, August 2023. She took her seat in January 10th. And this is an Act Blue donation earmark for the Colorado Turnout Project. was made in October 15th. Despite the donation, Judge Wallace has asserted that she can remain fair. What this is telling you guys, though, is that we have, they've had people from January 6th show up, police officers that were there in the crowd, talking about how uh, the, this was a terroristic act, that he was a, he is a terrorist. They are labeling Trump as a terrorist, guys, and if you think this is, is going to go away, this is something that just, that was almost three years ago at this point, guys, and they're still doing this right now. That's how important it is that they keep Trump away from any type of, leadership in america this is what they really want and they want to keep you believing that he can't be a leader and that he needs to go the other way so this is again over and over and over again and we should be really pay be paying attention uh to this whole thing that this is what they're doing this is what they did to me this happened this 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 was started on me uh this has even come up and and recently in my past uh, my past stuff has come up and i've always been very open about this that the the establishment play and how they do these things is absolutely real um, they tear apart people's lives. Trump is now a, has hundreds of felony counts against him in multiples of states, including federal and state charges. And we got to be careful because a minute ago you guys all like Trump, but if he's a, if he's being charged with felonies or, or being trying to be convicted of felonies, shouldn't you all hate him? According to the newspapers and how I was treated, you guys should treat him the same way you treated me, which was ostracizing me, pushing me out, taking away my job, taking away my ability to make money. But because it's Trump, it's different. The sad part of this is, guys, you're next. 
You think Trump is the 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 last guy that they're going? Oh, if we get rid of Trump, we're going to finally get rid of them all. No, this is just the beginning. If they can know that they can manipulate the American populace against Trump, then they know they can manipulate the the press and all these things like this. This is their heyday. This is their moment. This is their gold star day. That you know, make a wish moment. Right? They get to do whatever they want. If they can pull this off, they are coming for you. And this is not a that's not a kind statement like, oh, you know, they're going to kind of come around after you guys. You know, it might happen. No, this is a real thing. And happening, like I said, happening in real time in your country right now is a court case trying to keep someone off of the ballot. That doesn't even begin to make sense in my country, that you could be kept off of the ballot. There's there's people out there that are, are you know, what uh, was it? The Tiger King was on the ballot. Um, Jeremy Brown, who was is a J6er and was convicted as a convicted felon, uh, trespassing and some other stuff, as being a security guard at January 6th. He was just body security for somebody. Uh, he was running for uh, he was state senator, uh, state house, while in prison, while in jail. So, again, we see the dichotomy of the things where we know people have been on the ballot who are felons, who are sitting in jail, who are you know legally able to be there, but they are trying to find a legal precedence or trying to find something that they can do in the court system to pull Trump off there, but it also depletes him of his assets. It distracts him from what he should be doing. I mean, think about all the court cases you guys have watched him roll up to. Oh, look, Trump's so heroic. Oh, look at Georgia. Look at his, you know, his um, his uh, his mugshot. Oh, you know, he's a criminal. Well, the problem with that is, guys, is this is depleting him of assets. He is losing hundreds of millions of dollars in this, and as well as parts of his life. And the court systems are very ruthless. The DA has a paycheck. They don't care. Their paycheck doesn't change whether they get convictions or they don't get convictions. It doesn't change whether they have 100 people on the docket or one person on the docket. They're still getting paid, and they'll get paid to send out as many cops, as many investigators as they want to, res- to arrest you, to charge you, and do whatever they can. If you guys think you got hundreds of millions of dollars to fight this system, you think you can beat them, they're going to try to show you exactly how you cannot beat the federal government, that this is what, if they want this, they will come for you. Absolutely, and, and just so everybody knows is that we talked about this years ago in the sense that they're going to remove Trump from the ballot. The whole thing with the January 6th is to blame it on Trump so they can remove him from the ballot in 2024 and to to basically stop him from ever running again under the 14th Amendment. Mm-hmm. Um, and here's the thing is they know they cannot press the 14th Amendment. The Supreme Court has already came out and said, nope, can't do it. There's Firstly, there's no conviction. Okay, so Mm -hmm. trying to remove him from the ballot in each individual state is going to be a very, very hard thing to do without legal precedence. There has been no conviction. He's not guilty of anything. Remember, innocent until proven guilty. Mm -hmm. Uh, This is the court and justice system that we have here is guilty until proven innocent, unfortunately. So, you know. This is a witch hunt, guys. They are trying to stop him at all costs. But, you know, that gives me hope because that tells you that they can't cheat in 2024 because they know there will be a revolution if they do. And so that means that Donald Trump would actually win the election if there actually is one. But we know they're pushing us in the World War III where there's potentially not going to be an election. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of that. I mean, this is what they want, right? If they can create chaos, they can create a wartime president, they can do all these things. Then the court of public opinion will say, well, we don't need an election because we're at war. See, we can't have this. And, oh, how dare you go against our... And so this is where we all start fighting against each other, which is, again, what they do the best. Get us fighting with each other so we're not fighting them. I mean, these guys are brilliant at this. The redirection and deflection of their uh, uh, their actions onto us 
And so we fight each other. I'm Palestinian. I'm Hamas. I'm Israel. I'm America. I'm Iran. I'm Iraq. I'm a Turkey. I'm a... I mean, this is what they do. They get you all in these identity politics, and you start freaking out and getting mad at people who don't. You know, okay, are you pro-Jew? Oh, wait. Are you pro-Israel? Wait, are you pro-Palestine? Are you pro? Are you pro-Hamas? Are you pro... I mean, holy crap. Why, why do I have to be pro-anything? Why do I have to pick a side? I'm not involved in this. And I'm, like I said, a thousand times. They've been in war over there in the Middle East for thousands and thousands of years. This is what they do. It's like a profession for them. It's not like they, they, it's not like something they just invented in the 90s when we got over there in Gulf War. No, no, no. We were over there. We were messing around because we were over there with the poppies and with the oil. And most of it had to do with poppy uh, seed production in the Middle East that got ramped up and China benefited from. Uh, we have no, we, we're not getting extra oil out of there. Oh, it's supposed to lower our oil prices. It didn't lower anything. It raised our prices. And then we put, what, $11 trillion into the Middle East, and what do we get out of that? We still don't, we're still not running the show, and we're still fighting each other. Ugh. What? Uh, we're still fighting each other, Jim? Yeah, I know. I know. It just gets me all wound up that we're sitting there sending men to the slaughter, and we don't have to. We really don't have to go to war, guys. By the way, it's not a thing. It's not on the schedule of things we got to get done in this lifetime. Oh, you know, we got to get back in there in Israel and start fighting again, guys. We don't have to. We really no, don't even have we, to. We can say no. And, yeah. and I'm watching this this stuff right now of, you know, all the politicians out there. Every single one, bipartisan support up and down. Yeah. Calling for the war and funding the war and, and doing everything possible for this war. And it's absolutely ridiculous. I'm I'm so sad to see this in our country that our politicians listen. Okay, you know, is the Israeli people and the Palestinian people, they are the victims here. Right. All right? Stop sending me nasty emails how I'm anti-Semitic, okay? The Israeli people and the Palestinian people are innocent victims of their governments. Yep. Their governments who are radicalized. This is political in nature, guys. Yep. All right, we'll be back tomorrow with more Dark Light Show. Have a happy Halloween, guys. Be well. Take care. See you.